Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 37, Heroes. Yesterday, after the regularly scheduled soccer players finished their games and headed home, a couple of the neighborhood kids took over the field behind our house for a bit of play and practice. I could hear them through the open window, kicking the ball around and talking to one another. One of them was providing commentary as he was running about. Canada has the ball. USA has no chance of catching this guy. He dodges left, fakes right, kicks the ball. Goals! Canada scores! He gave a play-by-play of his own actions for a good half hour. And even when he missed the goal or hit the post, he emphasized the recovery and the continuation of the game. But through it all, he was the hero of his own story. We are each the main character in our own lives. There are people around us in greater or lesser supporting roles, for a minute, a day, a month, or even years. But the one thing that stays the same, no matter what, is that we are at the center of our own stories. In the same way, we provide supporting characters in other people's lives as well. Human interaction can be thought of as a series of stories, like the balls in the ball pits that were so much fun when I was growing up, all contained in an area, distinct, and never merging, but always in contact and interacting with one another. But there is a difference between being the main character of a story and being the hero. As the main character of my life, I get up, go to work, come home, do some knitting or spinning, and fall asleep. But if I want to be the hero, I have to be more than that. I have to learn, to teach, to inspire. I have to offer more. I have to be extraordinary. It's human nature to want to be extraordinary, to think that you're different, special in some way. And we each all are different and special, but what makes a hero is not just the differences, but how those differences play out in the interactions with others and with the world around us. Living in the self-contained worlds of our own stories, it can be easy to lose sight of the world beyond the comfortable walls of our own narrative. Inside the walls, of course we're anything we want to be. It can be uncomfortable to look outside the walls and try and get a feel for how others see us, and to use that perception to change from simply being a character to being a hero. I encounter heroes all the time. They are people like Abby Frankmont, who, despite being a published author in this generation's authority on spindles, hangs out in the spindler's forum on Ravelry and will answer, usually in great detail and with a lot of thought, any question from a beginner about anything that baffles them about spindling. They are people like my friends with children, who amaze me with their resilience, energy, and good humor, as I marvel at what they manage to accomplish while raising great kids. They are people like my brother-in-law, who see the beauty and art in everything, and let me see it too. They are people from all walks of life, whose interaction with me might be short or long-term, who inspire me in ways that I cannot myself. But do these people that I see as heroic see themselves that way? From where they sit, at the center of the narrative of their lives, do they perceive themselves as heroic? Or do they simply see a person who gets up, goes about their day, goes home, and goes to bed, only to do it all again the next day? We might all want to be the hero, 
But is it something that we can really bestow on ourselves? Or do there need to be others around us, not only to help us live up to those heroic expectations, but also to help us see it within ourselves already? I might get up, go to work, go home, do some fiber arts and go to bed, but I also have a podcast and there are a few people out there who are interested in what I have to say. I live with chronic pain and as yet unknown health issues, but I refuse to let it rule my life. I'm attempting to become a master spinner and I seem to be figuring out more and more about knitting every day. None of this feels particularly heroic, but it's a start at it. If I want to be the hero of my own story, I need to keep putting myself out there, learning and speaking and interacting with the people in this community and others. When we repainted the master bedroom five years ago, I put one of those decal quotations on the wall above the headboard. It reads, We do not remember days. We remember moments. Our days can be the same, tedious even with their regularity. But it is the moments we need to look for, the moments of the extraordinary, and in those moments we can find the seeds of heroism for ourselves and for others. The boy out back might not remember each step he took on the field, each kick or each goal, but he is already looking for those moments where the world shines just that little bit differently, when Canada scores a goal and a hero is born. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. So with three weeks before Fiber Week, I really had to focus on getting the level four dyeing skeins finished. And and as I talked about last time on the podcast, I'd started with uh, with some Tussa silk, which was working out really well. Now I managed to get all of it done last weekend, all that I'd measured out anyway. Uh, with the math that I, I said I'd last episode I'd said I needed to spin 75 grams and then I realized that 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 was actually double what I needed to spin according to the math I'd I'd forgotten that the um the sample I was weighing was plied and so I doubled it and yeah anyway so I spun about 40 grams and uh, and that worked out to 200 about 210 yards which was a little less than I needed but but you know, still, still in that range, and I think Tassa, because it's a little coarser, obviously, will weigh more than Bombex, which which was what I was basing my calculations on. But it worked out so well; like the the yarn itself is just beautiful, and made me feel like a real proper, actually decent spinner again. And that was big. I really needed that sort of boost in confidence. Last, uh, this past Thursday, I sat down and I started measuring out the skeins uh, for what we needed for level four. Now we need um, 12 six-yard skeins for a color wheel, and then two sets of 10-yard skeins, one six, one eight. Can't quite recall what they're for. One I think is a gradient, and one I think is an, uh, here's the word, uh, omber, O-M-B-R-E that's that's a whole other discussion about pronunciation on that word anyway so one of six and one of eight and then two 25 yard skeins for injection dyeing now i kind of held off on the 25 yard skeins because i knew i wasn't going to have enough yarn anyway but i was kind of hoping to get through the color wheel ones and the 10 yard skeins 
and have enough. And I was so close on what I'd spun that first go round. I had the the color wheel skeins and of the 14 10 yard skeins I needed, I had 13 and seven yards. So I was, I was going to, I was thinking about spinning wool for the, the two injection dyeing, but I'm like, I am not just spinning 10 yards of, of Bombix. So I, I weighed it all out and, and spun up, uh, about, I don't know, probably 30 more gra- 30 more grams of, uh, was it 30? Gosh, I can't remember anymore. No, it was only about 16 grams that I spun. I did that this past weekend. Um, spun the one, started spinning the one single on Friday. And uh, no, Thursday, sorry. Finished spinning the one single on Friday. And then spun the second single and plied on Saturday and washed it. And then I was able to measure it all out today. So I have all my skeins ready for level four. They just need to be weighed and labeled. And then I'm all ready. And I even had enough when I was finished that, you know, I, I, I looked at it, the, the actual yarn, and it did, was fairly consistently eight twists per inch, which, yay, math actually worked. So I had enough. I wound off another 10-yard skein of it and put it in my workbook, because <laughs> why not? Then uh, then I actually looked at the uh, the first test skein I had spun, which was trying to be 12 twists per inch uh, in Bombix. And you know, it was actually fairly consistently 15 twists per inch, which is another one of the skeins that you have to put in your workbook. And I'm like, well, if it's consistently 15 and I have 10 yards of it, why wouldn't I put it in my workbook? So I did. And now I don't have to spin 15 twists per inch. I just have to spin one at 12, and I'll figure that out. Might try cotton, we'll see. And then I have to do, I believe, a four uh, and a one, and maybe one other one. I have to go back and take a look. Anyway, so on top of the level four dyeing skeins, I've also put two skeins into my workbook, which that feels pretty good because that workbook is pretty empty. The other thing that I did this week is I, I did knit up the swatch for the um, the woolen yarn for the three-ply outerwear. And uh, and I just knit up a big swatch because because I had enough of the yarn. And, and I was like, well, you know, you want to kind of see how it behaves, not necessarily in like a two-inch swatch, but how it behaves as fabric. So, you know, it's, it's a tightly spun woolen yarn, three-ply, pretty well fulled, but it makes a really interesting fabric. I'm really happy with it. And you know, if I was actually doing a project, like an outerwear project, I wouldn't mind doing it out of this. I mean, I'd probably want to spend a little more time pulling out the vegetable matter before I spun it. But you know, it's, it's, it's actually a nice little swatch. So nice fabric. So I still need to wash and block that. I should do that this week. And then, hey, there's another sample finished. So you know what? It's, it's coming together. It, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to get back to level three now, keep, keep working on some things as we're, we're home next weekend. But then after that, everything goes kind of a little crazy up until we move into the 
temporary accommodation. So, so yeah, I'm going to sit down, make a plan, figure it out. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to make sure that everything I need for my level three homework, um, does not go with the movers that it's going to be in the storage unit and accessible in case I need it while I'm, you know, working, uh, while we're in the temporary accommodation. So the walkthrough on the house really made me want to live there right now, even though there's like no drywall or anything like that, it was really nice to be able to walk around and go, this is where I'm going to sit in it. This is my fiber room. And now we just have to figure out where things are going to go and they have to, you know, finish it, you know, with like drywall and paint and faucets and things like that. There's still a long way to go on the house, but, but it's coming. And I just need to focus down, focus down on the level three homework, get as much done as I can before fiber week. And, and, and then when we get back from fiber week, we'll be moving into the temporary accommodation and then I can focus hard on getting the homework done or as much done as I possibly can while being displaced. Anyhow, so that's where I'm at with fiber week and, uh, and all the spinning Three weeks isn't a very long time, but uh, but I'll update you in two weeks where I'm at with the level three homework. Fiber notes. You're probably all wondering if I got the doll finished since I said you were to hold me to it. I started the doll. I started the embroidery and I'm probably maybe just shy of a half done the embroidery. I've picked all the colors and now it's a matter of, you know, some decisions. Do I, do I make this a snapshot in time? Do I only put in the chronic pain that's really bothering me right now? Or do I make it sort of a map of everything that ever hurts ever (laughs) or, or whatever is invisible? Um, I'm kind of leading towards the latter, so there's there's still quite a bit to do, but uh, but I have started on it, and I do plan to finish it this week, so that I can get some pictures somewhere where there aren't excessive amounts of dandelions outside, and uh, and get those sent off to the chronic pain project. So that's the plan. Probably going to work on it in the evenings this week. I I was literally tired of every single one of the projects that I had. And, and I really struggled not to cast anything new on this week, but I, I knew I couldn't. So I, I mean, I, I took the edge off by knitting the swatch for, for the master spinner program, but, but, uh, but I knew I couldn't because tour de sock started today and I, I did sign up. And I am on a team. I'm on a non-competitive team, which doesn't really work for me because apparently I'm a slightly competitive person, especially with myself. So uh, Tour de Sock started today, and I am already through the toe of the first sock and well into the first repeat of the chart for the foot. So uh, yeah, day one of Tour de Sock. And I knew I had to get through the week without casting anything new on because I knew this was coming today. And, and, and is it silly for me to be doing Tour de Sock? Probably. I mean, this, I mean, 
I'm trying to prove to myself that it doesn't take me six months to knit a pair of socks. And, and, and if, if competition and getting points for finishing socks is the way I can do that for myself, then so be it. And, you know, I also get to try out some new techniques and use up some of my sock yarn and hopefully have some nice socks by the end of it. So the first sock for Tour de Sock is quite interesting. I usually do a gusset because I've got, uh, I've got a high instep. Uh, but this one is is an afterthought heel with a little more room. Now, I, I did look online today, and there is a slight modification for those with a high instep, and I may do that as well. Um, but the the heel itself is is really interesting. Instead of just a regular short row heel, it has a it uh, has a second section of short rows which makes a little Y, and the pattern itself is actually called Y. It's a lovely cabled sock. Uh, I decided to use um, some of the yarn I got in Britain for it when I was there for the Olympics in 2012. It's uh, from Inet or Die, which is one of the shops in London, and it is Ziggy Stardust, which is uh, gray sock yarn with sparkles in it, the Angelina. And I love it so far. I just, I think it's fantastic. I take it out and it's, it's all sparkly. So, so that's what I'm going to be working on, that and the doll. Uh, I was just getting tired of all the other projects, the two shawls that I have on the go. I'm not far enough in that I can even see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, and it doesn't even matter how much I knit on the tunic, the, the, side, the bottom panels on the tunic. The colors change and they don't get any longer for whatever reason. So I'm kind of in a black hole there. So having Tour de Sock now will be, will be good. It'll be a, a nice break and a good focus, and, and then I can get back to the other projects. So that's pretty much it for Fiber Notes. The doll, yeah, I'm going to get that done this week. And I'm working on socks, and who knows? I, it's not going to take me six months, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping that by next episode, I'll be on to stage two of Tour de Socks. By the wayside. If I can get two Saturday nights in on the tapestry, I can get a lot done. And at this point, I am very happy to report that the outlining uh, for almost the whole tapestry is almost done. All I've got left to outline is the bird eating the plant at the bottom, and and the uh, the soldier or the huntsman uh, with the boar uh, at the bottom as well. And I've already started on both of those. So I am I am this close to being done all the outlining. Now what I'd thought to do over the next couple of weeks was to do the two weeks of outlining and then do some filling in. But I am so close on the outlining. And I know that the the two pieces that I have left are, you know, pretty involved and pretty complex, but but I'm so close. So I'm I'm half tempted to just keep going with the outlining until that's all done. And then all that's left after that is filling in all the bits and pieces. I am amazed at how fast all of this has has seemed to come together now that I'm done the horses. I didn't, I didn't really expect, well, I, I mean, I should have expected it because the horses are so big, but, and then the borders are relatively small, 
but I really didn't expect how fast this was going to go. So I, I don't think I'm going to be done by fiber week because, well, fiber week is three weeks away. And that's, I don't even want to talk about everything that I have to get done before I leave for fiber week. But, uh, but the tapestry could potentially be done and I'm not going to make any promises, but it could potentially be done by Christmas. I think, I think it's almost guaranteed to be done by Christmas. Wow. Do you know, I started the podcast, if it, if it gets done by Christmas, two years, that's all it's going to have taken me is two years. And then the tapestry is finished. And that, that is pretty cool. So I'm, like I said, I'm pretty tempted to keep going with the outlining. I probably can't put in as much time as I did last night on a regular basis. For whatever reason, I stayed up a little too late working on the tapestry, probably because I was having so much fun. And I only stopped when I stabbed myself underneath my thumbnail with a needle. But, uh, but yeah, I'll post up a picture. You can have a look and yeah, by next episode, we'll see how far I am on the rest of the outlining. Thank you for joining me for episode 37. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 38 on or around June 15th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.